The following interview originally aired on KPOV 88.9 on the Friday Point. You can listen to The Point 9 a.m. each weekday at 88.9 FM or at kpov.org. John Nielsen, father of five, Army veteran, branch manager of Mid-Oregon Credit Union, and also uh, a part of Ready, among other endeavors, giving him the well-deserved title of a concerned citizen. Welcome back once again to The Point and the discussion about the importance of examining the nuts and bolts uh, that will be integral in the inevitable changes that will occur in growth and development in our cities here locally. So now, on to our homework in a very literal sense. What say you, John Nielsen? Well, Steve, thanks for inviting me back on. Um, I am I, I'm a branch manager for Mid-Oregon Credit Union, and I'm on the director's board for Ready, which is Redmond Economic Development. Um, I am not speaking on behalf or for either of those organizations. Um, they simply give, they inform my opinions and give me kind of a, a, a view into kind of what, what I see going on in, in Central Oregon and in Redmond. Excellent. So from that vantage point, as the city of Redmond moves forward, what are the issues that you see topping the list? Well, I mean, I think the, the kind of the obvious one is the housing crisis and the homeless issue, which I think are absolutely linked together. When decent folks are working full-time jobs and can't afford to purchase a house in the city they work, I think we are failing them. It's not the other way around. It's not that they are failing. It's that we aren't doing a good job of providing adequate housing for them. That tends to spiral and you've got people who work in full-time jobs, one broken leg, and all of a sudden they're homeless. And you can look at the statistics and you can see that everybody sees the tents and the RVs that is a very small percentage of the people who are actually going and struggling with homelessness and houselessness. The number of kids who are couch surfing while attending Redmond schools in Ridgeview because their parents are living in their cars or the families of three or four that at the end of the week, you know, they're struggling to make, struggling to decide between food or heat or they are hoping they get enough hours on their paycheck that they can afford to live in the apartment they're in one more month. Um, that's, not, that's not what we should be about. That doesn't benefit anybody. And the cascade of problems that occurs when a, a family loses its home, it, it is not, it's not the best use of our dollar, even from a purely economic standpoint, it costs more for somebody to be homeless than it does to find them a home. It costs more to the economy. It costs more to jobs, to employers. I think it costs more to our souls. And I get something that we need to do a much better job of addressing than our current city government has. Yeah, it, you know, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because this is uh, a lot about all of our souls at this point. And, you know, how I don't want to see any more suffering than I absolutely have to. And I'm sure that for every person that we see openly struggling, there's a, a plethora of people that we don't openly see. And I'm glad that you made those points. You know, I, I think one of the things that, that we talked about, and I enjoy the fact that you're willing to 
try to wrestle a term back from some people, but I like the idea that you talk about fiscal conservancy and the idea of the importance of our uh, return on the investment. And I think that I couldn't be more eloquently put. You could probably put it more eloquently. Oh, I doubt it, but I, I'll, I will give it a shot. So touching back on the homeless issue again, I don't think anybody would argue that it doesn't benefit us all as a society if somebody has a stable job, a stable home, and some disposable income. And when I look at what the city is, what the city is doing with its budget, and specifically as an example, I'll use the, the new community safety building, the police station. It started off as a $25 million project. Um, thanks to leaders like uh, Councillor Ed Fitch, it's capped at $49 million, which still causes a lump in my throat to say it's capped at only $49 million. But they used some of the ARPA money, which was the American Recovery Act funds, to buy down the debt that they're going to ask people to pay for. And I want to be clear that I, I personally support the bond measure and I've endorsed it. My concern is not that whether or not we need a new police station. I think everybody who's even a little bit educated on it would agree that, yeah, we definitely do need a new, better, more updated facility. My concern is, is the money that's going to it actually going to benefit the community or are we just doing it because we know that, oh, it's a police station and everybody's going to vote for it? They used that $3 million of that ARPA money, which could have gone to anything. And they used it to buy down the bond. So it was a little bit easier for property owners in Redmond to swallow. Well, if that was the case, why didn't we just cut $3 million off the project? There's, there's one particular issue, which I don't quite understand, which is they're advocating for ballistic glass inside the police station as a safety measure. This is public. I'm not I'm not talking out of turn. This has been discussed in public committee hearings. I don't remember the last time I heard about a police station being assaulted. And if that's a, if that's a significant issue, if that's a concern, then I absolutely want to address it. But is it actually necessary? And what's the cost of this ballistic glass versus traditional glass or other options? Do we really need all of these bells and whistles to say that we have them or is there an actual need for it? And that's kind of the question that I wish our city councilors were doing a better job of examining is, is the dollar that's being spent the best place for that dollar to go? Because I could make an argument pretty easily, I think, that if you wanted to reduce crime in the cities, we could have spent that $3 million for more police as opposed to a bigger police station. We could have spent it on the uh, homeless sites where we've got better facilities for them, safer facilities for them to relocate. So we're getting them out of the streets and away from the businesses so that those people are safe and secure, that it's more cost-effective to bring them resources. It's also more cost-effective to monitor them and police those communities than it would be to have them spread out all over the community. So we're going to spend the $3 million because, hey, it's free money from the federal government. And who's going to turn that down, right? But where is that dollar going to do the most good? And why aren't we having a conversation about that? And it's, it, to my mind, I don't have another word for it. It's laziness. And I'm not saying that they're not working hard, but I think, they, I think it's easier for them to just say, yeah, we'll just buy down the bond and move away from it rather than actually look at 
what the facility needs and how much money we have that we can actually put towards it as a community. You have really summarized a real issue that I think is going to be issues for not only Redmond, but for a lot of cities. We're going to have to determine if we are getting an efficient use of our tax dollars. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that forward. Before we cover another subject, which I think is really important, voter involvement and just general civic involvement, are there any other issues you'd like to touch on? You know, the only thing that I would like to to touch on, not to keep kind of sticking on the same subject, but one particular item that I found really frustrating recently was one of the city councilors made a statement in their closing remarks that I, I didn't know how to respond to it. It took me a couple of days to really figure out, like, did I actually hear what I heard? And the statement was that we can't do anything about the homeless situation in Redmond because people keep voting for liberal-minded people in Salem and at the federal level. And I'm paraphrasing, that's not a word-by-word quote, but we can't do anything because it was part of it. And I don't agree with that statement. And I don't agree with a lot of liberal policies and I don't agree with a lot of conservative policies. I tend to fall in the middle. But that defeatist attitude from a long time city councilman really struck a nerve with me and really not family appropriate radio for my response. But the answer is it's really, really hard and it's going to be difficult because people keep voting for liberals. Well, even if that was true, and I don't know that it is, but even if it was true, their response was, so I give up. I don't think you get to do that and sit on the city council. You don't get to be in a position of leadership and say, well, nothing we can do about it. You know, that, that to me is, it's dereliction of duty and it is a betrayal to the job. You're supposed to take on the hard questions. If it was easy, it wouldn't make it to your desk. But to just simply say, I give up to me is, it's, it's inexcusable. Yeah, you know, I talked at the opening about collaboration, and I tend to think more about collaboration instead of the idea you're you're on one side or the other. We're down at the grassroots level mm-hmm. where everybody has to work together to really make a city work right. And I see collaboration as the key issue and plenty of discussion besides so that, that we can come to a consensus as we move forward and not, you know, let people influence us one way or the other. Absolutely. So now we're going to talk about something that I think is is also of equal importance. We're going to talk about voting and also citizen involvement and how people end up being successful if they decide to, to take a shot at politics. So what are your thoughts on that, John? Well, you know, I think that we are governed by the consent of those who are governed. And if the loudest voices in the room on both sides are successful in what I think is their ultimate goal, they drowned out the middle. The city council, again, is, is kind of my focus, and it is a nonpartisan position. It is not Republican. It is not Democrat. It is a citizen of Redmond. And we need to let people know that there is still a sensible middle in this country 
that we can disagree on personal values, we can disagree on personal beliefs, on economic policy, on what government should and shouldn't be paying for. But that doesn't mean the other person is, is evil. It doesn't mean that we have to resort to name calling. Um, and we've seen some of that, unfortunately, on both sides. And from people on both sides that I genuinely respect and like, and I understand it because it's, it's easy to fall into that trap when you're that emotionally invested in an issue. But you can't give up and you can't just decide that the other person is without merit or without value. And if people want to get involved, there's a lot of groups that are starting to, to gather now for upcoming elections. There's a lot of people who are organizing on Facebook and, and other social media that's, I'm not, I'm too old to, to be tuned into that stuff, but I'm told it's quite exciting. But there's a lot of stuff out there that people can get involved with and just have your voice heard. And that's, to me, the biggest, the biggest hurdle for most folks, I think, as they think, is they talk themselves out of serving on a committee or volunteering for a political organization because they don't agree with everything or because they don't want their neighbor to find out because they're worried about what will happen. And not everybody has to drive around town with their you know, flags on the back of their truck with who they supported for you to know who they are. To me, that's not relevant. What's relevant is that people get involved, they become aware, they become active, and don't let the people on the soapboxes turn you off from government, because that is the surest way for us to fail as a city, for us to fail as a state, as a country, is to let the zealots on either side win. Well put, John. That's an exceptional statement. I hope that, I definitely hope our listeners are hearing this. Uh, I'd hire you as a tutor. It, 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 I, I think you've made my homework available to me, that's for sure. Thank you. These are the most challenging times. And I think uh, even what little you discussed, the idea of people being on the left and the right both. Well, the fact is both the left and the right have some idea of what progress should be. And, you know, the idea of being a progressive, I think, is still somewhat important and should be maybe that particular title should be pushed to the middle. What would you say to that? I agree. I think that I think that any time we apply a, a broad sweeping label, whether it's progressive or conservative, whether you're saying, oh, I'm a left leaning this or I'm a right leaning that, I think people make the mistake of painting with a broad brush. And so for me to say, you know what, I am, if you look at my personal life, I am pretty conservative, but I also know that my right to tell somebody how to live their life ends at my front door. And my religion dictates how I live my life. It does not get, give me the right to dictate how you live yours. And while I agree with the sentiment that yes, that, that you can be a, a compassionate conservative, or you can be a, you know, a Reagan Democrat, there's, there's always that, there's always going to be that push, that knee-jerk reaction to say, oh, I saw the label, so I know who you are. And the more people that I meet, the more that I talk to, the older I get, the less value I see in that, in, in those type of labels. Everybody always quotes the old Ben Franklin line, we have a republic if you can keep it. 
And everybody knows that George Washington, George Washington's farewell address, he warned against the dangers of political parties. And call it whatever you want, but I think once, once we stop seeing each other as individuals and start blanketing us as groups of people, as segments of the population to be catered to or to be pandered to, I think we lose that which makes us special. I think that's absolutely, absolute wisdom going forward. I have to tell you that we're coming close to the end of our time. Uh, I really appreciate that you've taken the time. And, you know, I half kid about the idea of homework, but we're all going to have to do our homework going forward. Uh, I think it's important that if you have any desire to get involved, do so. I'm sure you would second that. Absolutely. And like I said, there's a lot of groups out there that are starting, no matter which, no matter what flavor of political ideology you choose to to follow, find a group that is working on a project that you like and support it. My request, you know, if you're assigning homework, I guess my request would be you support that one individual group or that one individual project that they're working on. But don't ever throw your all of your hopes and dreams lock, stock, and barrel behind one group or one person because you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. And the worship of an individual or a movement, I don't think it ever ends well. And I think any eighth grade history book would back me up on that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree fully. I have to say, John, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. I look forward to any opportunity that I can to, to have your opinions on the show. I think they're very sober and, and clear vision. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, Steve. I've always enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you. We will talk soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcasts at kpov.org.